Today's Spurs cast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash almighty. That's audibletrial.com slash A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. Access them right on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have <coughs> one more time. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 424 of the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum, and with me, as always, it's Jose Grijalva. Good evening, Jose. Uh, it is a great evening. I'm just, uh, it's winter. I just get quiet during the winter. You know, I just like to keep to myself. Uh, and it was ch- uh, it was arm day today, actually. So I'm kind of pooped. Well, I'm I get sick in the winter. If you can't tell from my voice, I feel like crap. I got on a plane, uh, which I often am, selling those encyclopedias, and uh, somebody gave me some kind of illness on the plane. It's not the it's not the bubbly kind. It's the I got yellow snot. I'm crying. I look pathetic. Is it like everybody loves Raymond when the guy just sneezed in his face? Is it something like that? It could have been something like that, but it it's just it's cold here where I am, and um, gosh, it's just not it's just not for me. But enough enough complaining. I got to turn this frown upside down. I got to get positive, man. And there, it's going to take quite a bit because after the Spurs lost in Mexico, which we're going to get into. I'm not so sure if there's much to be positive about. The Spurs are playing tonight. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but first, let's start with a little around the NBA. We haven't done this segment in a while, but let, let's bounce around because there's a couple of stories that we should all care about, uh, especially out West. Chris Paul uh, injured his thumb the other day. It comes out that he's going to end up having surgery. It, it doesn't say how long he's going to be out, but Chris Paul having surgery on his thumb, you know, he's their best player. Blake Griffin's just coming back from injury, and then Chris Paul goes out. What does that do to the Clippers, who are the fourth seed and presumably would be the fourth seed entering into the playoffs? There's there's quite a difference between the fourth and fifth seeds. What does that do to the Clippers' near-term future with Chris Paul having surgery? 
Well, they're obviously going to struggle. I think they might dip down in the standings. Uh, but long term, I don't think it'll do anything. So I really don't see uh, too much worry if you're a Clipper fan. I would be worried if you're, you know, you're a Spurs fan or you're a Rockets fan or maybe even a Golden State fan, depending how the standings play out at the end. Uh, because again, the most dangerous. It's not like he hurt a squad. Oh, that's my phone. I usually don't have the um, sound on. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, you know, he's gonna. It's not like a quad or an ankle or something like that where you're gonna be thinking about it later on, where it's not gonna really heal because again, he's just gonna be running around everywhere. This is gonna be a thumb, so he's still gonna have his conditioning if he runs around and you know does the usual workouts. Uh, the only thing I would be worried about is if whoever's guarding him decides to have a little hand check, try to you know go after the ball, but you know slaps him. Uh, across the thumb or, you know, whatever. But, you know, I, I would be more worried for the other teams because if they dip down and the other teams, uh, you know, bump up the Kings, the Thunder, you know, if they get better position, you know, you're, you might see the the Los Angeles Clippers fall down to maybe the 6th, 7th. You never know, maybe the 8th seed with Paul out, you know, during all those games. Then it's going to be a problem because the first round is going to be so difficult. Yeah. Uh, and then especially the second round. So, uh, I'm. I would be more concerned if I was not uh, a Clippers fan. You know, if you're a Spurs fan, seeing them in the first round would be the absolutely worst case scenario. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be significant, like you're saying. I mean, uh, Chris Paul's playing 31 minutes a game. He's shooting right with with his career average at 47. percent He's a better three point shooter this year than he ever has been. He's hovering right about 40. percent But Chris Paul's all about, about assists. And he's putting in, uh, uh, putting in. He's doling out about ten assists a game. That's going to be critical when you look at DeAndre Jordan's statistics and then Blake Griffin coming back. Uh, things are not going to be easy for for the Clippers. I don't think that they're going to drop all the way down to the seventh or eighth seed, but I could very easily see them being the sixth or, or the fifth seed. And and that's kind of the same scenario, right? Because uh, that's either the Spurs or Rockets territory. The way that the uh, uh, the way that it's shaping up right now, if, if they happen to be the sixth seed, that's a problem. That's a big time problem for for LA. And, and if they get bounced in in the first round because of injury, I, my fear for Clippers fans is that that gives uh, you know uh, an excuse to Doc Rivers, and it gives an excuse to that core to stay together another year because they never really played together for for an, a significant amount of time with these multiple injuries to different people, and they're going to stay together even longer. Um, that team, to me, just needs to break up. I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on getting rid of a core. I know in San Antonio we've had this core uh, forever, and this concept of a, of a core group of, of people, uh, players. The Clippers have a core, but have, haven't hasn't that just passed already? Is their, their prime is over, correct? Uh, if they don't win it this year, I think that's the mindset that I would have. Uh, we were mentioning the standings. Uh, they're, you mentioned that they're the fourth seed. They're only four uh, games ahead from the seventh seed, which is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think they're safe from Portland because Portland's at le- um, 11 games behind. So, I mean, that seventh seed dip could be deadly if you're, uh, if you're a Spurs fan. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would say the same. Yeah, and, and you got to remember that this core is built around Chris Paul. Right. So again, you know, Chris Paul's going to be a free agent. If he just says, "I'm going to walk away," uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, go through the same situation every year and just change one or two parts that don't even have a significant role 
And, and by significant role, I mean, you know, a guy that will be an impact player because all the guys they get still have to play around Chris Paul. So it's not like somebody, you know, that, that could sort of create their own shot or, you know, uh, can um, can give Paul some uh, some rest time. They All these guys still play around him with the exception of Jamal Crawford, but then that's he's the only guy that's gonna, really going to run the offense and he's going to get those shots. So uh, that's the only reason why I would consider just blowing up the team just because they, they're too reliant on him. They need to, you know, just start over. Maybe, you know, they've been wanting to trade Blake Griffin supposedly for a while now. If you let Chris Paul walk, uh, maybe you can build a, a new core around guys that'll help DeAndre Jordan get shots, uh, easier shots. You know, uh, you know, move the ball around. Uh, he can play that Tiago splitter role that splitter played a few years back then. But they need the whole team basically. They they just can't rely on one guy, and then when when that one guy is out, they basically have to find a new way to play. And then if they find some chemistry in that, then Chris Paul's going to come back. And I mean, it's just an asset. That's why, you know, the Spurs system gets so much credit because it doesn't matter if Tony Parker or even Tim Duncan was out, they still ran the same stuff. And that was for a reason because all their guys were versatile. All their guys could do different things. Uh, but most importantly, you know, they had so much depth that, you know, when one of the main players was out, there was a Corey Joseph from the third string. You could put him as a starter, and nothing would really change. Right, right. Hey, I'm just seeing now the news is that he's out six to eight weeks. So that's huge. I mean, two months of the season gone uh, for him. Huge. Uh, very Trump-like. Hey, and uh, further Clipper news, Blake Griffin is going to go and ruin one of the best sports movies of all time. Do you see they're remaking White Men Can't Jump? And actually, I should say Blake Griffin is remaking White Men Can't Jump. Yeah, I saw that. I was hoping that we we're going to get me for the role. I'm sort of in that Tim Dun- that Tim Duncan category. I can't get off the floor, and I'm only five five, so I'm primed for that. Yeah, I, that's that's stupid. They're they're re- it says here they're remaking White Men Can't Jump and The Rocketeer, and I don't know if Blake Griffin's in it, but he's a producer on it. Uh, and he has his own media company with Ryan Khalil of the Carolina Panthers, which is a, a strange mix. But the, the fact that they're going to remake that movie, Woody Harrelson's breakout, oh, it's, it's tough to say is that a breakout role because he was in Cheers for so long, right? Um, but he became a movie star with White Man Can't Jump. And, of course, Wesley Snipes is just classic Rosie Perez. Man, that you could tell I'm a fan. That movie made me. Yeah, I mean, it's a popular movie. The only, the thing that, that bugged me, and I had this discussion with somebody last week, there's just no new concepts. You know, when you can't think of something, it's always go back to the original, redo the original, and then it's going to be a disaster. I hated redos like Halloween, Rob Zombie. You know, it, yeah. it was at that point where I just thought, no, just don't redo the the, the old classics. Just try some something new, a new concept. There's something out there. But I think with this culture where, you know, it's easily it's easy to offend somebody, I think that people are uh, too boxed, you know, they don't have that that creativity roaming around in their head. But just think of something new. I know it's going to bomb because people are going to compare it to the original and it's just going to be horrible, just horrible. Yeah, it's like they remade Point Break about a year ago. uh, And that was epically bad, epically bad. Um, I uh, I'm perusing the NBA.com to see if there's another story that I want to pick up here because I, I kind of have it a full docket and I'm not seeing something. So let's go with what I've got. Uh, you watched the Cavs and uh, Warriors game last night? Uh, for a second. Uh, for uh, I didn't watch it. What was I watching? I think I was watching WWE Raw and I was watching something else. Uh, and after both those things sucked, I turned it out to the Warriors and then 
Uh, I just watched Fox News. So kind of, of I saw the beating. I felt bad. I think they should have a mercy rule after that because then you're going to have LeBron flopping after every play like that, and that's just going to be unbearable. Okay, so the flopping, that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, is Draymond Green the dirtiest player in the NBA? Absolutely, positively. Yeah, he's horrible. He's horrible. Every play, it's a kick or it's a. I mean, how do they didn't call that a flagrant two? And I know they were really adamant last night that was a flagrant run one. He in no way went for the ball. He tried to to you know sh- shoulder bump uh, LeBron hard. Uh, you know LeBron's a pretty big dude, a lot bigger than Draymond Green. But man, Draymond Green, good God, dirtiest player in the NBA, and he does it with this smile on his face like it's funny, but it's just pathetic because the guy could have been a defensive player of the year candidate like he usually is, but he's not going to win it while he's so dirty. Oh, I agree. And, you know, that hit that hit wasn't bad, I don't think. Uh, he didn't go for the ball, so he should have been a flagrant. But, you know, the, the, it was the way LeBron one. just overreacted. Huh? It was a flagrant one, but I'm saying he should have yeah. gotten tossed because, I mean, it's it's just stupidity. Like, he, there should be a zero-tolerance um, model for Draymond moving forward. He does anything stupid like that, even if he barely touches the guy, you should just run him. Oh, but then I mean, then a lot of teams are just going to exploit that. I just think there's a, uh, there's, I think I, I don't know how to explain it, but it has to be an in-game situation where, especially how he acted afterwards, where yeah. he sort of like mock LeBron and all that. I would have tossed him for that, yeah, uh, uh, just because he gave that. You know, he, he was sort of just BSing out there. Uh, but you know, I think they would have probably tossed him if LeBron would have absorbed the hit, but in a way, sort of like a like a football player. You know, I think he even said he has, he's a football player. He he he's a he has a football player body, but again, he sort of has that soccer mentality. No offense to the soccer fans that are hearing this or the soccer players, but I mean, one little hit, you know, he tries to over exaggerate. If he would have taken that hit. And then sort of gone up and got in his in his face. I think they would have tossed Draymond. I think you know, stop overselling the foul yeah. and sort of get in his face, sort of defending yourself. And I think the the tolerance level for Draymond's going to be they're not going to tolerate that because again, the refs are going to say, wait a minute, LeBron got up. There was going to be a fight. We got to stop it. But the way he sort of handled it, where uh, it was an acting job, it was laughable. Uh, you know, th- that's the only way that I think they, they handled it. And I think they handled it well because of that. But I just think more people, if they, you know, with the exception of him kicking you in the sack, uh, because of, you're, obviously you're going to be in the ground in pain. If he does something like that, I think you just have to get in his face. And then the refs are, st- are going to crack down on that uh, behavior. You know, how about the Warriors calling that matchup against the Cavs a rivalry? And they have lost the last five or six um, to to the Cavs. And LeBron saying it's not a rivalry at all. I don't know what they're talking about. How about that? I mean, even Ty Lue said it was a rivalry. LeBron says no, it's not. Does, did you care about that kind of stuff? I think it matters. Uh, I don't. Well, I don't even think what what would uh, be a rivalry. Just them hating each other. I, I think that was the Spurs Lakers, I guess. But I mean, that there was so much heat in every game. It was every uh, the first finals. I don't think you would call that a rivalry or the start of the rivalry because Kyrie was hurt. You know, he got hurt. He uh, Kevin Love also right, so they didn't play the majority of that series. Uh, you know, last year was re- really they were healthy. I'm not going to buy that Steph Curry was hurt. You know, especially like how he played when he was on. Uh, 
so I, you know, I, I don't think it's a rivalry. I just think it's the media trying to make it one. Uh, but I, I don't see these guys really hating each other. I sort of see it as, you know, kind of like wrestling. You, you, uh, you know, like when um, and Hulk Hogan did this when he retired and he wanted to, you know, come back all those years. He, he would call out like Steve Austin because he wanted to match with Steve Austin like in 2008, 2009 or so. Uh, and he would just like try to. Uh, have this artificial hate, you know, this fake hate. You know, let, let's let's settle it. I think that's how they are. They're in that WWE type thing where it's, they're they're trying to script it, or at least the big networks are trying to make it into a rivalry. I don't think LeBron's buying into it. I don't think really think LeBron cares, especially with how they're act. Uh, you know, but I, I don't think he cares about it. But I think he's still, you know, sort of a showboat because they had a what, what did they have like a Steph Curry. Doll or a Clay Thompson doll at the Halloween party, and everybody had to step on it to get in or something like that. Right. I, I don't think LeBron sees it as a rivalry, but I think he's just showing off that Finals win. I, you know, one, you know, with the Heat, remember in 2013, that was such uh, sort of a back and forth series between them, and really the, the it was really like a personal thing because these guys all wanted to win. I think that was a rivalry, especially 2014, because the Spurs whooped them in in the uh, five game series. But, you know, and it ended there, obviously, because LeBron went back. But I just don't see this as a rivalry up until it something happens. Um, you know, you know, uh, maybe a scrub gets in Draymond's face and, you know, sort of punks him out or something like that. Then it would be a rivalry. But right now, I, I don't think both sides take it so seriously in that. You know, I don't think the NBA, you know, really has rivalries anymore because I, certainly not teams against teams. I think players can. Right, I mean, you feel that way. Like, there's, there's not going to be any more Lakers, Celtics, uh, you know, that kind of a thing. Well, think about it this way, and and this is the way the NBA has been marketed now because it's not a rivalry because it's LeBron versus Curry. They play different positions, but you know they don't see each other. It's not like how you said uh, Lakers, Celtics, because it wasn't Magic against Bird. It was the Lakers against the Celtics. You know, it was this team mentality, right? Right. So I, the, the fact that it's no longer a team thing, they're trying to, um, you know, market the players instead of the actual team. I think that's what that, that's what hurts it. If the Cavs and the Warriors were marketed as teams, then I think you could build up a rivalry around that. But when it's just players and they focus on LeBron and they focus on Curry and Durant and all these guys, I just think it diminishes any uh, possibility of it being a, a rivalry. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think back. The only I mean, the most recent case where it was, it was just two teams that I can think of off the top of my head of two teams that really hated each other and were both really competitive uh, would be the remember the Mavericks Kings, like in the early aughts? Those two teams hated each other and they were both really competitive. You know, with Mike Bibby. Doug you Christie. went that far back? Yeah, I mean, trying to think. How far back did you go? That's like 15 Eight, years. 90s? No, it was like 15 years. I mean that's a long time. I get it. Two thousand. I mean it would. Well, I was gonna say you know the most uh, recent I think would have been uh, Celtics Lakers, right? Because I mean it was it was just the two teams. They sort of uh, I you know it wasn't just about Kobe and Pierce. Uh, Kendrick Perkins got into it. Kendrick Perkins sort of roughed up a lot of those guys. Uh, Gasol, you know, was I mean uh, sort of like that where you're representing the team. I wouldn't go that far back. I would say Lakers Spurs all, uh, also, you know, with Shaq and um, even though with Shaq and Kobe used to have Robert Ory uh, slapping the Admiral in the um, cojones. So, uh, well, but we forgive him. We forgive we him forgive after him. Row Five, right? Hall of Fame. 
Hall of Fame bound. Um, so the Knicks might be done with Carmelo Anthony, but he is not done with them. Uh, you know, he told Phil Jackson that he wants to stay with the Knicks. But from the front office, you know, it was leaked that there's a, there's a belief, and I think we in the, in the media and in the public already had this belief, that Carmelo's time in New York should be done. It hasn't been successful. They're no better than they than they were. They might be worse because, from a financial perspective, they don't have a whole lot of flexibility. Um, he is ruining the the progression of Porzingis. So, shouldn't Carmelo just move on? I didn't think you're. I, I thought you were going to be more dramatic with your question. Uh, Sorry, I mean, I'm sick. he. The tricky part is is uh, no trade clause, which I don't think any player should have. Don't give them that much power. Yes. It's a business, you know. They they sign so they can perform, and if they don't uh, perform to your uh, team standards, then I think you should trade them wherever you know you find fit to help your your team in return. Uh, it, it's tricky. I don't think he's done with them. I think he could be enticed with the right situation. But again, I I think there was a rumor where he wanted to where he was only okay with the Cavs. And the uh, Clippers. I don't know where you where that rumor came about. It was just all over Facebook and Twitter. Uh, but a- again, that guy earned so much that you'd have to break up the big three. So you would have to, you know, give Kevin Love back. And I think Kevin Love would absolutely work with Porzingis and Noah because the floor would be stretched, and you know he could be a role player. But with the Clippers, that's a that's a whole sticky situation. I don't know if you'd even want to touch that, you know, for who whoever they'd want in return. But. Uh, he's got to be selfish at this point. How old is he? Like 30, 30 some, thirty two, something around the, something around those lines. Uh, I, I would just be greedy, you know. Again, unless you give me a good situation where that trade still makes w- whatever team I'm going with a contender, uh, I'm not gonna wave the no trade clause. The Knicks got into this, and I mean Phil Jackson put himself in that situation. I think the whole uh, LeBron's posse type of uh, talk kind of soured the relationship. I thought he he probably saw that as racist. Uh, it, to me, it sort of it, it it did sound racist, you know. But maybe Phil didn't mean to say it like that. But I think that sort of strained their friend, their their any friendship that they had. So yeah, but that's bogus. No, if that I'm Carmelo, was, yeah. it, best situation for him. Yeah, that that's bogus. That wasn't that wasn't racist. I agree with you though. He should um he should bail to something that makes sense for him. Chase the title. He's not going to get a title in New York. I mean, like you said, he's going to be way past his prime, way too old. Uh, by the time that they're competitive, uh, you know, I, I could see him on a team like um, like the Clippers. And, and you know what? To be frank, they might be willing to start moving. They, they might be willing to start uh, um, start breaking up that core. So I could see him over there with, with the Clippers. Um, Cleveland, of course, makes a, a ton of sense for the, for the reasons that you said. But, um, again, breaking up a team that previously won the title. So. Uh, well, I got another team that might intrigue him. What about the Spurs? For who? Uh, I'd probably give him LaMarcus Aldridge. If it was me, I'd probably give him LaMarcus Aldridge. If you don't give him Aldridge, you'd probably have to offer Pau Gasol and Danny Green to sort of make it work. But, you know, uh, the, you take the size and you take the uh, the uh, the shooting that those bigs can, can have. But, you know, I mean, if you, put, if you have Kawhi and... Uh, and uh, and Carmelo starting, I mean that's really a tough situation for any team defensively. Uh, you could start Deadman uh, and sort of you know because I I think they have the the uh, the wing players, 
uh, and also the front court guys. You you would still have David Lee coming off the bench. Uh, you know, uh, Bertens can, can can also play. So, you know, I, I think it would work if the Spurs wanted to do it. If it was me, I would just stick with this team just because they're tall and talented and offensively uh, capable to win any game just because of uh, of their shooting. Yeah, But Lamar- just a thought. Well, I mean, LaMarcus, I'm just trying to think of what we'd have to replace. Uh, LaMarcus is at 17.5 points a game, seven rebounds a game. Let's see what Carmelo Anthony. So just offensive production to see where he's at. I mean, yeah, he's at 22 points. So five points a game difference. That you're giving up, but virtually the same amount of rebounds, although they're a different kind of rebounds. Yeah, I mean, like again, I wouldn't do it, but there's reasons to do it, and I wouldn't call them wrong. Again, that that would that would really solidify the rotation in the front court too, because if Deadman starts, Gasol's next to him. Now you have a defensive presence that can block shots and rebound. You bring David Lee off the bench; you can play alongside both of them. Uh, Bertens can play the four; he can still stretch the floor. Uh, can you imagine Melo? Uh, can you imagine Deadman? At the five, uh, Burton's at the four, Mello at the three, Kawhi at the two, and uh, Parker or, or even Murray at the one or Patty Mills. I mean, that that would be an insane uh, defensive uh, talent, defensive talented team. I, I think Mello's good defensively. I just think he needs the coach to push him towards that, especially in a scheme where he doesn't have to be the best defensive player. He would practically, you know, he could you could always put him in that uh, Michael Finley, Brent Berry situation where he can guard the the least talent, uh, offensively talented guy. But it's just a thought. I, I I mean, if the Spurs would do it, I wouldn't complain about it. I just sort of understand why they did it. But if they don't look into it, I sort of understand it also. Well, I was, I was thinking culturally would he fit in. But have you ever heard about Carmelo being a bad teammate? I mean, you know what he is, right? He's selfish. He wants the ball and wants to score. But does that make – I mean, uh, is he a good teammate? Well, yeah, you're right. Nobody's complained about it. And I mean – a lot of the guy, I mean, LeBron would team up with him. Uh, Wade would team oh, up with no him, doubt, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it worked financially, For a banana boat, obviously. Yeah. yeah, and CP3. Uh, you know, and again, he would have to take a back seat. Uh, he's played the four. Uh, again, that would intrigue Pop if you could sort of, uh, you know, put him at the four at some point. I just think it would be interesting. I, I think he would fit in San Antonio because it would be more of a low-key situation. I think he's tired of the attention. At some point, especially when he's not in his prime anymore, that all that attention, all that pressure gets to you. If he would go to San Antonio, it'd be like a clean slate. He could sort of relax, um, and the and again, the attention wouldn't be on him because it, the attention would still be on Kawhi Leonard and Pau Gasol, I think. And you could even, I mean, I wouldn't say run a triangle, but you could run, you know, a lot of different schemes that that you obviously can't run. But again, Danny Green's defense would be missed. So I'm not, you know, saying he's easily replaceable either. I just think it would be interesting. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I cannot wait to type out the show notes and to say the title of this podcast, Jose begs Carmelo to be traded for LaMarcus Aldridge. Clickbait. Click. That's how you do things around nowadays. That's what we got to get into. Well, one thing that we have to do that's different than, uh, than Spurs casts in the past is we're big time now, dude. We have sponsors. We've got to, uh, we got to do a live read right now. So, uh, for you, the listeners of the Spurs cast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial, uh, and uh, it gives you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, I have used Audible in the past. Uh, I think if you follow me on Twitter, I'm a big Michael Conley guy, uh, and what's cool about Michael Conley books on Audible is that they're read by, I'm going to butcher his last name, Titus Welliver. 
it's the guy he was he was the smoke monster in um he was the smoke monster in uh, lost and he's the guy who plays one of uh uh Michael Conley's characters Harry Bosch he plays him on the Amazon series so it's really cool to to hear that um so yeah I'm I'm a fan of audible.com uh I've used them several times have you Jose if if you haven't used them uh god my phone is blowing up over here if you haven't used them uh what kind of books would you be after on audible.com obviously poetry right no i would uh i'm a big greg gutfeld fan i i love politics eric bowling you know i'm a i'm not really a fox news guy i just like the personalities if i if we have the same uh type of political viewpoints um you know, I, I saw a lot of uh, Greg's books on there that uh, I read the um, the, descri- the uh, descriptions for it, uh, and I would absolutely read them. So I'm going to sign up for Audible just to read Greg Gutfeld's book. And remember, you get one book free. So the only hard decision for me is which book am I going to get? There's How to Be Right, The Bible of Unspeakable Truths, all these different books from – so, I mean, a free book. Who, who's going to say that? no to that? And so, a 30-day free trial. So That's right. So download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash almighty. That's audibletrial.com slash A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Get your free audiobook there. And thanks for sponsoring us. Okay, well, moving off that, let's get back to the the topic at hand. Spurs in Mexico, they lost to your Phoenix Suns. This, This time they actually got to play in Mexico City. Remember the last time they tried to go to Mexico City, it was like a uh, air conditioner malfunctioned and started smoking up the arena. Remember that? Is it last year or two years ago? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's why I, I did not like the idea of going back. Just the security is not uh, that uh, trustworthy. I guess you should say, at least in my opinion. Yeah, but, but how, Just, do you, how do you know that, man? Everybody I talk to about Mexico City says that same thing. But Mexico City is an amazing place. Why do you say it's amazing? Have you, you have you been there? Oh yeah, I go all the time. All the all the time. I've been there all the time. I stay in Polanco, this little neighborhood there. It's I mean it's an awesome place. I go yeah I've gone um I've maybe been ten times, fifteen times. Well, get back before the wall, bro. Um, <laughs> I just it's just the concept of Mexico, I guess. I mean, I live at least two miles from the border, and obviously it's not Mexico City, but just the way uh, they the government there tends to view the citizens. Sort of a, you know, sort of a, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's just, they don't care much about the citizens. It's more about the power, in my opinion. Uh, that, that's why, like, you know, when you go deeper south, like Mexico City, I just get nervous at the concept. But, uh, you know, they, they, it seemed like they, there was a good security during the game. And again, the fans loved it. You know, I didn't think there were that many Phoenix Suns fans. I was surprised at that. I don't know if, uh, if you saw the whole stadium was basically uh, pro Phoenix Suns. A pro Suns or pro Spurs? Pro Suns. I, I thought they were pro Suns. There were some uh, Spurs fans there, but not as much, not as many as uh, as uh, Suns fans. No, I did. I didn't see it. I had to watch replay. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting game. Uh, I, I really, you know, there's a lot of people bummed out that the Spurs lost again. They didn't have Patty Mills. They didn't have Dejounte Murray. So, you know, out of that game, I only take out the fact that. The backup point guard is re- is really an important role. It's something that you just can't plug in a backup shooting guard like Jonathan Simmons. Again, Simmons played well. I think Paul Garcia tweeted out that they um, 
built up a lead when he was in there in the second quarter. But again, you just miss what Patty Mills brings or what DeJounte Murray can bring uh, as far as his speed and, you know, offense and their shooting. So uh, for me, you know, I'm not really caring about that as far as the wins or losses. I just cared more about the fact that, you know, Patty Mills plays more of a role than I think we appreciate him for. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, could you ever see the NBA putting a team down there? Well, they want to do a, a, a D-League team, right? Oh, I didn't hear that. I think that oh, I, I don't – well, anyways, I heard that anyway from either the people on Facebook, Twitter, or the voices in my head. Uh, as far as an, as an NBA team, no, because that would just be worse than the uh, the Raptors' travel schedule. Can you imagine having a Mexico City versus the Raptors schedule, yeah. you know, whoever goes wherever? Uh a D-League team would be interesting because there's a lot of people that love basketball in Mexico. You know, uh, even in Agua Prieta, where it's only two miles uh, south here in the border town, it's a very poor town. Uh, we have a lot of kids that when we do the summer league and the winter league, they come from over there uh, just to play. I mean, th- there's a passion for basketball. I think the NBA just needs to tap into that. And you might be surprised at the players because, again, it's a very poor country. It's not like... You know, they a lot of people have the money over there to, you know, buy the uniforms or make a team. You know, uh, it's it's really an untapped market. And I think if the NBA does make like a D-League team, they'll be pleasantly surprised with uh, what, what kind of players they have there. Well, tonight, um, Kawhi could go for his fourth 30-point game in a row. He's got three right now. Uh, only Tim Duncan and David Robinson have scored four 30-point games in a row in in Spurs history. Do you think Kawhi gets it tonight? I think it's a pretty significant step forward if he does. I mean, three 30-point games in a row is huge for Kawhi because we we think of Kawhi traditionally as this defensive stopper, and he still is that, but he's become the dominant offensive force on this team and one of them in the league. What kind of a statement would it be for four 30-point games in a row? Uh, for him personally, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it would mean anything as weird as it sounds, because again, his, his physical gifts, uh, his wingspan, his speed, uh, how he can shoot. I think, you know, people are going to say, oh, well, another 30 point game. Well, you know, I'm not surprised just because of that, because of how good he's shown, he, he has showed us that he could be. Um, and again, it's easier when he has two bigs who can shoot. Or he has David Lee, who just moves around. Uh, Deadman, who can go up for dunks. And again, they take up the attention of the big men, where it's easy for him to drive. It's easy for him to shoot because they're playing back. Uh, you mentioned David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Again, that was during a culture when the big man would stay in the paint and you double-team him. Uh, you'd make it hard for him to score. They'd get banged up more. I find that more impressive, You know, especially when Duncan had a play against Shaq and all these different guys. Uh, you know, David Robinson was, again, playing against Dream and, you know, tougher guys in the paint. I think it's a softer league. But the fact that Kawhi gets 30 points, I think it's impressive. But it, it I don't think it puts him over the top in anything because, again, we know what type of player he is now. Uh, and the only thing that would – I think as far as an, an individual accomplishment – Finals MVP again because th- that's as far as he, that he's already gone to the top. I think that's the only thing that matters. So the, I, I think that Finals MVP surpa- surpassed any thirty point game or forty point game he can have. Well, let's talk about probably a bigger accomplishment. Tim Duncan uh, just got his own box of cereal. Did you see that? I tweeted it out. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, 
why well, I, I don't have any ATVs here. So, did you eat it? Did you try it? No, I because I'm I'm away from home, and so I got you know I I got a box from somebody else, so I haven't tried it. the The box itself looks awesome. The cereal, I bet, is okay. I don't know what kind it is. Is it like I don't know what it is. Uh, what cocoa crisp or so? I have no idea. Like, is it is it fruity pebbles or what is it? I think they're just like a generic, you know, sort of like Cheerios. That's what I thought it was. It's kind of like. But again, donuts, let's be right? serious. If it was this salty or extremely bland or, or these hard, you know, pieces of cereal, people wouldn't care. They just bought it for the for the box cover. Well, it's just gonna, which yeah, could be a collectible, cover. collectible, right? Yeah, the box cover is gonna sit on. I, I don't. I don't think I'm even gonna open it. The box cover is, uh, or the box of cereal, is going to sit on my bookshelf uh, so I can look at it every day to remind me of Tim Duncan. It's going to sit right next to my two-liter bottle of Big Red featuring Matt Bonner celebrating his 10 years of uh, San Antonio Spur. I bought that in McAllen and carried it back with me uh, up to Central Texas, so I still have that one. And the Texas Lottery is, is making a Spur scratch-off game. So it's a big day. It's a big day, a big week in San Antonio Spurs commerce. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that you're going to put the cereal that you're going to take off, like your wedding photo or the photo photo of your child to put that uh, box of cereal there. I really yeah. wasn't expecting something like that. Depending on what kind of mood I'm in. Uh, all right, man. Well, hey, this has been great. Uh, thank you for carrying me through this, as I am sick like a dog, and it's it's getting nasty. I can feel it right behind my eyes. Uh, anything to add before we close this out? Uh, I, I was intrigued by uh, the topic on that three-on-three league. W- weren't you going to mention that? Oh, shoot. Did we not? Oh, I thought maybe we covered that last time. Man, I want our old, a whole podcast about this. So Ice Cube's got his three-on-three league called The Big Three. Follow it on Twitter. Uh, <clears throat> it's uh, three-on-three half-court basketball, eight teams, eight games a day. And I think it's in eight different cities, and that's it. So it's not an extended league. Uh, it's you know it's not it's not too large of a league. It's not too many dates. It's not like they're just pulling up in New York and playing, you know, every weekend for eight weeks in in New York City, because you know teams will get fatigued on that. They're they're actually going to move around a bit, and I don't know if they've announced yet what cities they're going to be in. Uh, I can imagine that it's like either Dallas or Houston. Inside of Texas would be one of those one of those cities that's on it, but you've got guys like um, well, first off, Allen Iverson's going to be a player coach. Uh, I hear Gary Payton's in it. Uh, who else do you have in there? Oh, no idea. But I no, mean, this Kenny is going to be uh, he's going to be a player coach. So this is going to be a three on three, but they're going to have more people on the bench. Sort of. I just I just thought this was going to be sort of like a just three guys on a team and then sort of like this little tournament thing. But, I mean, this is going to be legit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're, you're going to have to pay for tickets. It's going to be a big draw. Uh, they're playing it right in the middle of summer. Uh, I'm hoping it's outdoors. I, d- I doubt it, though. It's got to be in a team, right? It'd be great if it was oh, outdoors. You know, the only thing the, – the only way I had to watch that is if we get David Robinson. I, I'm sure he still pumps some iron. Get out there. Tim Duncan, he can still play. I don't. This won't be NBA level, so I think Tim Duncan could dominate in a three on three. And Stephen Jackson, as long as those three are on oh, the he court, Stephen Jackson isn't. Stephen Jackson, yeah. I mean, get Tim Duncan and David Robinson, or get Rodman. You know, I mean, yeah. all these guys that, and you know, I'd want, I'd want to see um, 
Allen Iverson, uh, White Chocolate, uh, Jason Williams. Oh, he's in it. He is in it. And, and uh, we need Sheed. Sheed is going to be in it, right? You got to tell me Sheed's going to be in it. Or you're not uh, sure. That would make sense, but I don't know. Hold on. Uh, I mean, all those guys, you know, and, and again, they don't have to play at a high level. Just the fact that they're playing will make me forget of this atrocity of this of this soft league that we have nowadays. Shaq should play too. Man, I'm looking for if there's a, a roster yet. As soon as there's a, a roster, uh, don't don't worry about it, man. On, come summer, that's all we're gonna have to have to talk about. Yeah, it's gonna be slow. Yeah, unless Melo gets traded to the for the big three. Uh, all right, man. Well, then let's. let's but call before it. you go, how about you know you should find out the prices for the next season, and if it's three on three, you, me, and Bornstein, we could make a team just dominate out the alley oops for everybody. We would last one minute in that game. How dare you? One minute. And actually, I would be the one that lasted. I think I'm the tallest. I think that gives me a, a little bit of a benefit. But, it, I mean, if a seven-footer tries to block, uh, uh, try to get a rebound over me, I mean, with these glutes, I could box them out easily. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose, at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Or follow any of the Project Spurs guys, at Project Spurs. Jose, thank you, and to you listeners, you're welcome. Dude, that was champ.